especially these days, are getting a lot of attention and validation from men on social media, whether it's Instagram or TikTok or uh, even OnlyFans. Um, and some of these girls, as you'll, I'm sure, admit, Richard, they look good, brother. They look real good, okay? They got, you mm -hmm. know, not the, not the traditional sense of good. Good heart. As, as, as <laughs> Dave Chappelle likes to say, I'm talking good like they're wearing a turtleneck and the titties are popping out. Like, this is good. The dress is half <laughs> up. I, I can't steal Chappelle's joke. But some of these women are ridiculously hot, especially on, on Instagram. What are the, 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 this is a major red flag, but uh, what's your advice on men pursuing women with, a million followers mm. on Instagram or that are doing the booty pics mm -hmm. on TikTok. What's your <laughs> advice for men in, in regarding these types of uh, clout chasers and Instagram tottery out there? Well, they're simps. I mean, there's, there's no way around it. If, if there's an unfair exchange because attention is the coin of the realm for women, she's getting free unlimited attention from all these guys, then what does he get in return? Now, this is where guys start to sign up for things like OnlyFans or they mm. subscribe to some Amazon wish list or some some garbage like that. But they're simps. I mean, I don't follow any thoughts on any social media platforms. Mm. Um, I don't DM them. I don't message them. Like, why? You know, for what? Um, it doesn't make any sense to me. But I understand. Like, they're thirsty for beautiful women and there's lots of beautiful women out on these platforms and they they sell you know they sell pick like sex sells it's 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 always sold right and the younger you are the healthier you are the more you're going to be interested in that you're never going to get away from that i mean i wouldn't touch a woman that had a prolific social media account with a 10-foot pole i mean look maybe if she's a social media uh fitness influencer and that's what she's always done her entire life and she's a total compliment to my life and has none of the red flags sort of thing mm -hmm. then i might let her maybe but for the most part, uh, I wouldn't deal with a woman that's got a public social media. You know, it's got to be private mm -hmm. yeah. or non-existent. Mm -hmm. Or non-existent. Yeah, yeah. That, that's some of the, uh, the problems. Those are the better are girls, right? What's that? Those are always the better girls. The girls with either private or non-existent social media profiles. You know, Richard, I, 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 I'm learning that the hard way, my friend. Let's just leave it there. <laughs> some we'll of these girls there, out Adam. there, they'll get you. They'll get you. Uh, but, you Uncle know, Rich will get you there's there, right? reciprocity, though. It's not like I... Um, not getting a message back, so to speak. Um, last couple things here. This, this this has gone way quicker than I would have liked. Um, one of the, the, you know, everyone has their introduction to the red pill or the manosphere. And for me, that started with, uh, well, unbeknownst to me, because I think I've been experiencing this and knowing this, just working in the Miami nightlife in my 20s, I very much understood what rolling up to a club with three of your buddies was versus rolling with three girls. So underlying, mm -hmm. I understood this, but where I, where I kind of like entered the manosphere space was probably in 2020. And Patrick bet David gave me a book that he didn't want to read ironically. Mm -hmm. And it was basically, uh, the premise was hypergamy and understanding mm -hmm. hypergamy and the act of dating up. And I know this is something that you're very well equipped to discuss. So, uh, I've heard you say, uh, in no uncertain terms, that essentially intersexual dynamics and everything they talk about in the red pill space, hypergamy is just understanding and accepting female nature. And and you you had to learn the hard way that women are not sugar and spice and everything nice. And eighty percent of yeah. women are going after the top twenty guys. So, in your opinion, what should men 
fully, fully understand about hypergamy and uh, female nature? Uh, well, hypergamy is a straightforward concept. It's just that all that it really means is that women date across and up on the socioeconomic scale. So they want the best guy that they can possibly get. So if she's waking up every morning and she's looking at you, Adam, and she's like, oh, I love this guy. He's the best I can do. He's so hot. He takes care of the family. He's such a great, you know, whatever. Then Kevin in sales has no effect on her whatsoever. The guy's invisible. Most men are, are practically invisible to a woman that's pair bonded health in a healthy way to a guy that she sees as her hypergamous best option. Mm. This is where a lot of the guys, you know, go completely wrong because they're like, oh, women are hypergamous. They'll never be loyal to you, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, a, it's, it's pointless. No, if, if she's pair bonded with her best option, most guys are practically invisible to her, right? Um, so what is pair it's bond? a pretty just straightforward be, concept. Just to be clear, that, what is pair bond? How would you define that? Well, you're not going to be able to get a woman to pair bond with you that's been through 100 guys. Let's be honest. Right. I mean, the data is very, very clear on it. The more promiscuous a woman has been, the more guys that she's with, the less likely she is right. to be happy in a marriage or stay in a marriage over a long-term basis. So, um, yeah, you want to deal with women with very low to no notch counts, you know, mm -hmm. obviously. So there's that. As far as other virtues of women, sorry, what was the second half of the question? No, just uh, understanding hypergamy and female nature, all-encompassing. Yeah, I, I, I think it's understanding slash accepting because a lot of guys will understand and then they'll just go into a, like a rage, you know, phase and they never really come out of it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, well, I understand that if I don't continue to chase excellence in my life and I get fat, lazy, incompetent, I don't make money anymore, I'm not able to pay, you know, bills or, you know, they come and repossess my house or, you know, something like that, my gal will probably bounce, right? Like, she, like she'll have tolerance for only so long. Um, you know, and then at some point she'll probably bounce and that's just accepting what female nature really is. Another thing that you can accept as a guy is a woman's, uh, solipsism. And all that really means is she can never see a man's struggle. Like she can never see a man's life or understand a man's life. Like this is one of the things that, um, you know, the manoswamp tends to get terribly wrong. I don't call it the manosphere anymore. I call it the manoswamp because it's a bit of a train wreck. But there's a lot of gals in the Mano Swamp that are holding out to the public that, you know, they understand the plight of men, but they can't possibly understand the plight of men. Unless you've got a penis and male levels of testosterone and are a man, you'll never understand the stuff that guys do or have to put up with in a long term relationship. Yeah. By the way, real quick, why did you why do you call it the Mano Swamp? I've never heard that. You said it's kind of screwed up these days. Used to be known as the Manosphere. Now it's the Mano Swamp. Why is that? Well, look, the problem with the Mano Swamp is there's not a lot of good men that are in the Mano Swamp. There's not a lot of men that are good at being men, and there's not a lot of good men in the Mano Swamp. That's why you don't see me associate with much of it anymore. Gotcha. Mm. Well, I'll, I'll, I'm honored that you're associating with us here on Valuetainment yes. South Castle. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take that as a compliment. But I understand. It's, it's well, easy. I have a lot of respect for Patrick Beck David. So you know, the fact you. that you're in his inner circle has me look at you that way. Thank you. Wow. You know, your reputation precedes you. Power yes. of association. Yes. Respect. Um, exactly. Thank you. You've often said that women will uh, break rules for alphas, but make rules for betas. Mm. I guess two-part question. Correct. How does a man know if he's an alpha or a beta? And give me, give me some examples of the rules that they'll make and break for certain type of men. Um, a man will know. There, there's no question about it. And you don't get to decide. You don't get to state, I'm an alpha male or anything like that. <laughs> you just know because women sort of treat you that way. So 
Um, you know, when I say something like women break rules for alpha males and they make them for betas, again, this isn't me. This is just a concept that I've learned, you know, paying attention to what goes on out there and watching, you know, how men and women interact. And of course, you know what I learned spending time in the mano swamp. But um, so, for example, like what's an example of a woman breaking a rule for an alpha male? Um, if a woman says, I don't do that, then you add with you at the end of it, because she will do it for a guy that she deems as a high value alpha male. She can't afford to miss an opportunity to be with a high status, high value guy. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. So, you know, if a guy on a second date's like, well, you know, he invites her over and he wants to have sex with her. And, you know, she says something like, well, I don't do that on the second date. I have to, I have an eight date rule sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I wrote about this in my book. I have an eight date rule sort of thing. Well, that'll go out the window real quick if she sees you as an alpha male mm. because she can't afford to let you go. Like she can't afford to let somebody else get you. Mm. Yeah. Let uh, David Beckham walk in the room and she's all of a sudden <laughs> at eight days. So yeah. just went to eight minutes. Oh, it's yeah. just let, I've never done uh, that before. Let Machine Gun Kelly walk into a room with one of these young gals that adores a guy like that. And yeah. it's like less than five, ten minutes. She'll be all over him like a fat kid on cake. <laughs> I love you like a fat kid loves cake. Um all right. Um, last five, 10 minutes. I know that you got to get, get running, but I'm really enjoying this. I want to get your concept on marriage, Richard, because mm. you, mm. you've, you've said you've been married, divorced. Uh, I heard you said that um, men should not marry down, right? They should find women at their level. And, you know, this is kind of, I guess, counterintuitive, I guess, to hypergamy yeah. because women date across and up. Men tend to date lesser on the socioeconomic uh, hierarchical uh, chart and versus, you know, more focus on beauty. Um, So I guess how much do you believe in marriage? What age should men get married and who should men look to marry in the socioeconomic stratosphere? Yeah, let me deal with that question about hypergamy and and what level to sort of date at. So I made this video of a couple of years ago because a lot of guys were asking me questions about getting married in places that are hostile towards men. And like in Canada, you know, for example, if you get married to somebody that's about at your level, then if you get divorced, then you're not going to have to deal with alimony because you kind of both make the same income. So there's no equalization payments to make there. Hmm. Also, if you have shared custody, then no money flows back and forth to either parent for, um, you know, taking care of the kid. It's Hmm. like, you know, You can stand on your feet and he can stand on his feet and you sort of just, you know, deal with things that way. So it's a bit of a buffer or an insurance policy, if you will. If you live in a place where rules are a little more hostile towards fathers, that's why I I made that recommendation to don't date too far down because you're the guy making a quarter million dollars a year as a senior accountant in the firm and you wife up Becky, the hairdresser, who's making $40,000 a year. If things go sideways, you know, five, 10 years down the road and she wants to untie the knot, um, you're going to be in for a world of hurt, mm. you know, for being honest. So there's that part to deal with. Uh, the, the other components of marriage, you're asking who should get married or? Yeah, well, I, I, I will ask the second part. But so just mm. to stay on the, the example you gave, if you're making a quarter million dollars and you married the hairdresser making 40, <clears throat> I mean, how many women out there are making a quarter million dollars and how much, a, how, how much would you even be attracted to those type of women? Mm-hmm. Well, look, um, I've I've dated women that make that kind of money and they're one, they're not attractive. It's like, you know, dealing with a dude. It's like dealing with a dude with boobies like, you know, for being honest, they act very masculine. They tend to be very masculine. They're not they're not in their feminine whatsoever. Like they're not even close to it. I don't find them attractive whatsoever. So there's certain guys that kind of like that avatar. But I think when you get to the point where you don't need money, 
than because women don't share their pot of gold with men, right? Like we right. know this, like men are more than willing to improve a woman's life and invite them into it. Mm-hmm. And a rich man will change a broke woman's life, but a broke woman will never look the way of a poor man. Or sorry, a rich woman would never look the way of a poor man, right? right? So, you know, we operate very, very differently, you know, from that regard. I think uh, 50 Cent famously once said, have a baby by me, be a, be a billionaire, you know that song? <laughs> yes. But yeah, no woman says, uh, I'll have your baby and I'll make you a millionaire, buddy. That like does not happen. Yeah. So um, women are not kingmakers. Exactly. They want to be with a king. Aha. But they aha. give birth to them. Uh, that's true. But uh, I, who was it? Uh, uh, Patrice O'Neill, famous quote. He said, you know, uh, a king marries a woman. She's the queen now. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the queen marries a dude. He's not the king. It's just the queen's husband. Nice. And that, my friends, is a metaphor for life. Prince Philip is a perfect oh. example. Aha. Mm. Prince Philip. Yes. It's true. Yeah. Um, so overall recommendation when getting married, meaning there's a lot of things you can do. So prenups, right? Understanding the courts. A lot of men are traveling abroad, getting out of Western societies, going to whether it's Colombia or Thailand or, you know, yeah, these passport bros, though, they do it completely wrong. Like they think leaving the West is going to solve their problems. But th- but if you're still a plugged in beta male and you go to Colombia, you're still going to get destroyed. Right. Yeah. You have yeah. to understand women. I mean, if you're going to be a passport passport bro, make sure you've unplugged and you're red pilled when you go to that next country and you don't bring them back over here where the laws are hostile. You stay over there. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So my because my, I know a lot of guys that do that or are considering that. Keep in mind, I live in Miami. You know, you're in Colombia, mm-hmm. you're in uh, Costa Rica, two, three hours. Yep. Um, but my whole question to those guys is, do you really want to go live in Colombia the rest of your life? Yeah. Do you really want to go be Costa Rican? It's like, for, for good or for bad, living in the U.S. or Canada, for that matter, pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So vacation is much, one thing. How much do you know about the Canadian guys that have families down in Cuba? I do not know much about them, and I don't know much about Canada. I, I'm, I, you know, I, lo- I yeah, like the so, United States, but yeah. So I the kind U.S. Has been you because you're Canadian. For, okay, well, I appreciate that. But the <laughs> but the U.S. has been off limits for travel for Cubans, you know, you know, for a long time. Like they didn't travel there, they didn't go on vacation there. But a lot of Canadians figured out that it's not that far. It's close. Women are reasonably beautiful. Some are incredibly hot, and they've gone there and they've and they've had families, but they don't bring them back. They mm. just leave them there and they send them money. Yes. Oh. And then they go back and visit when they want, especially in the wintertime when it's cold and crap here. And mm-hmm. they'll, you know, they'll kind of go back and forth, right? right? But Richard, this brings up a, I guess, a bigger question I wish we had more time for, which you can maybe do the next time. Isn't it important for a man to at least have some sort of influence and be near his kids? So you can be a passport bro, yeah. go bangs, you know, Sophia in Cuba or Martina in Colombia, have a great time. But now you're not around mm-hmm. your kid. And I feel like that, to me, is kind yeah. of not what you want to do as a man. And you're a father who I assume spends a lot of time with his yeah. daughter. So oh, yeah, you're yeah. Very, you yeah. have a very, you know, uh, ability yeah, to answer I'm, this question. Yeah, I'm of the same opinion that, you know, as a father, you want to have an influence in your kids' lives. Like, that's one of the areas that I disagree with Andrew on um, because he says, you know, you can just have kids and let her take care of them sort of thing. But, yeah. um, like, children from fatherless homes or mostly absent fatherless homes don't generally do that well in society. Yeah. Um, I think Andrew is a remarkable guy, and he managed to figure it out in his circumstances uh, because he came from a single mother household and a, a council estate and all that sort of stuff, and he rarely saw his father, e- even then when he was growing up. 
Uh, but for most kids, like they're not that exceptional, right? Mm -hmm. And if there's an absent father, there's high, higher instances of uh, teen gang activity, teenage pregnancies, shitty grades, anxiety, uh, suicide attempts, successful suicides. Like you go right down the list. Yeah. You take the father out of the household, you're going to run into problems. So it's ideal to have the father around. I think for the first three to four years, it's not as significant. Like if you've got a small child, two, three, four years, you know, mom can take care of the kid for the most part. But I think where the father really needs to step up and play a role in the kid's life needs to be around four, five, six on sort of thing. Yeah, I think ultimately, you know, circling back to the beginning of our conversation, Richard, is, you know, whether you're plugged or unplugged and you have your one life, you can make the decisions and you have to live with the decisions that you make. So do you want to get married? If you do, are you getting a prenup? Are you marrying a woman in the West? Is she a modern woman? Is she a boss babe? Is she getting that bag? Is she a traditional mm. woman? If you're if you're knocking up a woman in, you know, Cuba or Colombia, it's like, what is the relationship now with the mother? These are things right. I think are important for you to ask up front and understand up front versus, holy shit, I, had, I didn't see this coming. I can't believe the girl I married cheated on me with Kevin, Kevin from sales. Fuck Kevin, by the way. <laughs> and then, you know, so these are the things that I think are so important for a man to understand up front. I think that's a lot of what we're doing is education at the end of the day, mm -hmm. male self-improvement, but it starts with... Um, education i think that's what we're doing yes. last question doing for you god's richard work. what was that doing god's work doing god's work last question and i said we'd circle back to this one of my favorite things that uh, i've watched a ton of your content uh real talk this is one of the beautiful things about the internet and social media is you could watch someone for years and years you know consume their content next thing you know i'm doing an hour and a half interview with richard cooper it's pretty damn cool mm -hmm. but you know, you did um, uh, an entire episode on 19 things your father should have told you, but never did. You recall mm -hmm. doing this a few years ago? I did that as a talk at a conference. Is that yes. the one that you're making reference to? Yes, at the 21 yeah. conference, I believe, which okay, I think is yeah. very powerful. And um, without going down the 19, you said, uh, I mean, I'm kind of going to have to, because I want you to pick what you think are the most important two or three for men to, to latch on to. You said, don't, met, don't let people make their problems your problems. Uh, you're not going to make an dent in the world working for somebody else. No low long-term re relationships with attention-seeking women. There's no cheat codes to life. Avoid women with daddy issues. you got to learn to deal with rejection. Make a million dollars by 40. Don't long-term relationship with a single mother. Treat life like it's the only one you got. The burden of performance mm -hmm. is 100% on you. Stop giving a to things that aren't F-worthy. And... Um, Haters are confused admirers. There's such great advice here. Uh, in, your, in your mind, what are the two or three that stand out from these 19 things your father should have taught you but never did? I think they're all very powerful lessons, so I really couldn't say which one would be the best. I mean, if you're, if you're 20 years old, it's going to be different you know, from if you're a 42-year-old guy like you, Adam. Mm. Um, so it's whatever resonates with you, you know, is what I would say. Mm. Well, um, in, in my opinion, uh, at this point in my life, not a uh, long-term relationship with a single mother. I almost went down that path. I mm. said, no, no, thank mm. you. Uh, we've, we've talked about making a million dollars by the time you're 40. Uh, but I think one thing that I, I actually want you to answer is this, is haters are confused admirers. Would you unpack mm. that a little bit? Because you know, and I know, 
the bigger you get and the more you put yourself out there, the more haters you will have. One of my favorite quotes ever mm. is the poem or the anecdote by Teddy Roosevelt, the man in the arena. The credit goes for the man in the arena Correct. actually with mud on his face doing the work, not the asshole commenting on the other side of the phone or the computer. So why are haters yeah. confused admirers and what should people know who are doing big things in their life should understand about having haters? Yeah, if you're doing anything big in your life, you're always going to attract hate from somebody. Mm. Look, hate only ever comes from beneath. Nobody ever gets jealous of a loser, right? Mm. Um, you know, nobody like your haters are actually your best marketing team. So you guys will see it. Go watch the uh, comments of this video afterwards. I guarantee you're going to find hate in there about me. Oh, Rich, this, that, and the other thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, what color is your McLaren, buddy? So <laughs> look, um, here's here's. You know, like here's the thing about hate: is they're a phenomenal market, marketing team because they never shut up about you. They're always talking about you. Yes. They're talking about you in comments. They're talking about you on social media to their friends. They are an unpaid marketing team. So thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, let them. You know, like let them spew their toxic venom. It's it's what they do. It, it's it's what makes them feel good. But at the end of the day, how is that a good use of your time? Right? Like, I would I would ask haters right now to to challenge themselves and say, how is this a good use of my time? How am I making more money? How am I becoming more competent? How am I becoming more influential? How am I, you know, chasing things that I want to do in life? Have you always wanted to travel the world? Did you like fast cars, but you can't afford them? How is wasting time on hate achieving your goals? It's not, it's a colossal waste of your time. Like I don't sit there when I come across a cat video uh, about some dumb garbage and start your cats and you know, I, I just don't care. I don't care. Yes. I'm not interested. Right. Yeah. So, uh, no, well said. I, I, I think you're absolutely right. Hate never comes from up top. It always comes from below people who are unsatisfied with their existence in life, mm -hmm. their lot in life. And they want to, uh, you know, rather than look in the mirror and say, you got to improve buddy. They want to be like, Oh, I hate that guy. And that's the reason. Haters hate. That's well, let's what be they honest. Do. If I got if I got hate from a guy like Elon Musk, let's say, I would be flattered. I would I would <laughs> want to listen to what he has to say. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that. Like to me, that would be wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. But for the most part, it's just it's just jealousy and envy. You know, is what it ends up being. And mm -hmm. jealousy and envy are terrible emotions. They just yeah. consume people. I think what you're saying is, hate if hate comes from above you, and Elon Musk, I would view that as constructive criticism. Yeah. Oh shit! It's a compliment. Here's a guy. Yeah that's paying attention to what I'm doing and actually wants to kind of weigh in on maybe ways I can improve mm -hmm. or highlight things I can get better on. Thanks, Elon Musk. But when it's, you know, giggity 437, an <laughs> unnamed, uh, you know, bot on the internet who's saying, I hate Richard Cooper and Adam Sazic, they're all losers. It's like, I'm, I'm gonna take that compliment yes. with grace and class and say thank you for being a hater. I sleep well at night knowing that. I will sleep well. Well, Richard, it's great to get to know you. It's by the for the record, what color is your McLaren? Gray, storm gray. Thank you. Storm gray. gray. Yeah, I mean, let's get that out <laughs> the there. I even have the paint code. <laughs> you knew the paint code. Well, I'm gonna go on record here and say I am a full-on appreciator and admire what you do, Richard Cooper. Definitely the, the furthest thing from a hater. Mm -hmm. So it's great to spend some time with you. It's our first time actually meeting and speaking. Yes. And I, like I'm gonna say, uh, I'm a fan. I'd like to get to know you uh, uh, in person in Canada this summer. And I'll make sure to get in touch with you after the show. We can collaborate offline, Sounds not good. just online. Yes. Thank you, Richard Cooper. By the way, where can everybody find you? Just give yourself a free plug right there. Not getting unplugged, I would free plug. <laughs> 
Yeah, I would start at uh, richcooper.ca, which is my website, which will kind of lead you to everything. So just go there. Okay, awesome. cool. Well, appreciate you, Richard. Thank you for being on the Salescast on Valuetainment. Yes, Thanks, thank Adam. you. Appreciate it. Thank you, Richard Cooper. All right, awesome. Um, and then unplug. Okay, we're staying on though because we're gonna do a little debrief right here. Okay, awesome. Okay, so how you feeling, Nat? I'm feeling great. I think are we still on Zoom? Oh, Richard, you still yeah, on? We're what still do you need on? to? We need to go off? No, I think so. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. got it. Okay. Um, I loved it. I thought it was phenomenal. I think getting a perspective from someone like him was a little refreshing. Um, I think also adding to it um, his stoicism. You know, you find yeah. a little bit more, like as a woman, men who are able to deliver a message in, in a non emotional way, it's a little bit more like you feel a little bit more secure listening to someone like that. Hmm. Um, I think of one thing that really stuck with me, I'm a little disturbed about, um, was the water. Oh, the yeah. What was that all about? The, I don't know. I'm like, I cook pasta with faucet water. Maybe I shouldn't do that anymore. Yeah, but he said estrogen. That's fine for I know, you. But I, I should be very I know, wary that, of the water. But when I have, like, you know, if I'm cooking for, like, you know, someone, and that's what they eat. Like, you have to be mindful of that. So I think, like, being in tune and understanding where those things come from um, is really, really important. And um, it's cool. Uh, he's also from Canada. So that's also another perspective um, to get, you know, because we get a lot of people who are more in the, the U.S. Yeah. Um, so it was interesting. I really enjoyed him. It's, you know, Richards has a very interesting thing. So I've consumed his content for years. Yeah. By the way, thank you guys for... Uh, everyone out there watching the show who watched the show. Yes. Uh, if you would, do a couple different things. Number one, if you haven't subscribed to Valuetainment or Valuetainment Money, hook us up with a subscribe. This is what yes. we do here. And if there's a couple thousand people watching, whatever it is, yes. we would love for you to like the video. Make so sure we can, to like it. So the algorithms, the big tech guys out there, know that people actually like this. Yes. So that's number one. Number two, if you would, give us the, your, your best takeaway from what Richard Cooper had to say. What a yeah. total G. What yeah. a total stud. He's been in this space for years, I think since uh, 2013, 2014. Mm -hmm. So if he's seen people come and go. Yeah. What I found interesting with Richard, I'll tell you this, I've never heard anybody say the man of swamp. Yeah, me neither. Okay? I so, like you know, that. Donald Trump, love him or hate him, he made famous drain the swamp. Yes. Right? Everything Trump did was three words. Build yeah. the wall, lock her up, <laughs> power of drain three. the swamp, power of three. Uh, but it's very interesting. It's kind of like, he's, because he's in Canada, and because obviously during COVID you couldn't really travel, there's restrictions, and they had major restrictions in, in, in Canada, he doesn't do a lot of interactions with people in the manosphere mm. or in the red pill community. So he has the ability to kind of sit back and be like, yes. huh, this guy's credible. I like what he's doing. That's a scumbag right there. Yes. He's obviously in it for the money. Can't trust him. Don't believe him. All right, this guy, all right, he's on to something. Maybe don't agree with him, but I respect him. Like, he has that ability to kind of sit back and pick and choose mm -hmm. who he agrees with, disagrees with, and associates with. Yeah. Major compliment that he admires Patrick Bet David, and yes. by default, your boy Saz over here. <laughs> but very interesting how he kind of indirectly called out some of the players yes. in the in the red pill space and in the manosphere and for the record i do a ton of content with these guys mm -hmm. i have major respect for really everyone who comes on I, I don't i can't really think of anyone that comes on or i'm like i will never have them on again right or they're classless or anything like that but he's he's um he's a different dude he, you know he's late 40s early 50s like he said mm -hmm. he's not doing a lot of content with 
the red pill creators and he's in Canada so we can kind of he's also very stoic yes. very manly mm-hmm. very um, logical actor so it's interesting to see his perspective mm-hmm. how do you kind of when he said that I was like hold on did you just call them swamp creatures <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, what, yeah. What, what did you just say what, what um, was your take from that for me I I admire that I feel like especially when you're bring, when some of the people have been doing content for so many years before all of this kind of blew up um, they really get a chance to sit back and see how everybody's you know giving out this content you can kind of feel you know you can kind of feel who's like BSing who's not really themselves who's kind of just going with the rise of the content and I think when you have people who are a little bit more authentic and they maybe not don't interact with everybody who's talking about it. It allows you to give a little bit more of a a fair perspective. Um, so for me, I think sometimes, especially today with all of this manosphere and all this red pill, I think calling out some of the people in that space is necessary. Mm. Um, and it's not so much to criticize. It's so much. It's more sort of think like, hey, maybe I'm not coming from an authentic place. Maybe I don't have all the factors. Maybe I just want to go with the clout, you know? So I think when you have people who are a little bit more on the authentic end, they're a little further back viewing, you get to have more of like a bird's eye view with all of this content being pushed out. And um, I've loved all the guests we've had on, but there's also different perspectives of each of the guests we do have on. Mm -hmm. And there is strength in that. And, you know, this podcast is a podcast to have all those different views and everybody in the audience you know you guys you guys get to pick who you like who you don't like and that's essentially like what you do here what we do here is allowing the audience to pick and choose who do you guys like who do you want to follow what is that that you love about this person what is it that you hate about this person but i think overall getting a chance to get a bird's eye view of everything you really get to pick who you are and he kind of touched on that was you know it depends what you want as a woman like what do you want as a man what do you want do you want to get married do you not want to get married have you been divorced you have how do you move accordingly after that so i think i personally find a little bit more confidence in men like that just because you don't really like talk too much with the crowd you mm-hmm. more talk out of your experience and i prefer that i like experience i like those type of perspectives um the entertainment comes for the people who like to you know get on the little wave of the cloud and all that but at the end of the day if you're asking me who would i want my man to take advice from it would be someone like that getting Mm. more of a bird's eye view um but i kind of like it i think you should call people out when they're on their bs and i think he would be the guy to do it so well he i I know you like that strong silent type who's yes uh, you know, not the Sigmas out there. Not I do. The, the alphas. The, um, what, what, what I'll say to him and I'll say to anybody that kind of gets to his level or mm-hmm. Patrick's level or Elon Musk for that matter, any, any, someone who's made it is one of the things that we always say here. Uh, one of the more famous quotes that Patrick talks about, we talk about at Value Tainment is outwork, out improve, out strategize. But the most important thing is outlast. Yes. If you can do all that, you know, some people are fly by night. Some people are get rich quick. Some people are microwave success type culture. It's, you know, you, you, let your success speak for itself. And if you're doing this and you're in this space, whether if it's in in this space, whether it's in the business space, whether it's in the media space, mm-hmm. whether it's the nightlife, whatever business you're in and you're in it for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, mm-hmm. that's outlasting. And yeah. then obviously you're going to have to outwork, outprove, outstrategize. And uh, that's a clear indication with that. Yeah. I got my friend Malik over here. Malik. He's as swaggy as it gets. He's, he's a Sigma. 
With style. Malik got that style. Malik has major style. Don't even get me started on that. Malik, you sometimes you're 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 kind of the silent dude. You don't talk too much unless spoken to it. Let me tell you, let me tell you something about Malik, by the way. I uh, the other day he's breaking down Pat's uh, or setting up for a Pat shoot. Mm. And it was you and Mike in the room. Remember this? This was like a week ago, I want to say. And Malik's usually a very positive dude. Mm. Very positive. Never a bad attitude. Shows up, works, yeah. does his thing, right? If you speak to him, he'll, he'll talk to you. But yeah. he's not going to be very, like, rambunctious, loud, like other people in the office. Right. Um, <laughs> I was like... Myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but, but he's always got a good attitude. But there was something about Malik that one day where I was like... What's up? You're not yourself. Like you're being a little quieter than usual. Yeah. Like you're a little more sour than usual. Mm. What's up? How you feeling? He's like, no, I'm good. What's up? I go scale of one to ten. How's your day? Mm. He's like, say an eight. Mm. I was like an eight because I thought he'd be like, yeah, bro. Today's like one of those days. It's like yeah. a three or four shit. And I said, why is it an eight? And his response was so amazing. He's like, look, uh, I woke up today. Let's just start with that. He's like, I, 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 I have my health, I have my family, I have my gratitude, I got my limbs, I'm working, I'm at a place I want to be. He's like, there's not a lot for me to complain about. I love and that. I'm like, go head Malik. Go Malik. And like, I wasn't having the best day ever. Mm. And I just kind of went, I was just like, what's up? And, yeah. he's, and I was like, fuck Malik just turned my day around yes and then I asked Big Mike I'm like how's your day he's like 10 bro 10 what's up I'm like no yeah no, no. too late too late yeah, yeah like, too late too late but anyway yeah. Malik you, you know you're sitting here watching this show I know you're the type of guy that's you're, you're listening to things alright cool when should I get married what should I do make money alright million bucks here's that alright Rich said this alright what colors you're McLaren bing 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 what was your takeaway from today's episode and more importantly Takeaways are cool. What have you learned sitting in on these types of shows that you can apply to your life? Because you're 26 now? Yeah, 26. 26. Mm. Um, your birthday's November? Yeah, November. Right? November. So, I know Malik. Okay. Uh, what did you learn today? What have you learned and what are you applying to your life? Uh, well, one thing, first thing I'll start off with, the first thing that stuck with me was the 80% rule mm. about the goals. Because like, it's always like a thing to always strive to accomplish 100% of my goals but it's like if you accomplish them it's like now what you know like you you hit the ceiling it's like where do you have to go from there Mm. so like I like that to like even set a huge far out of reach goal yeah even if you come up short you still made it further than that initial ceiling that you placed upon yourself yeah my friend Alex if he's watching this Alex Goldstein if you ever watch this or anyone that knows him big realtor Miami great dude every time he does he probably doesn't even think I know this but I know this Anytime he does a social media post, he writes in massive letters, scary, massive goals. Mm. That's like his hashtags. And the kids killed it. So anyway, so respect. So uh, hitting your goals, but having scary, massive goals. What else? What have you applied that you've learned here since you've been on Valuetainment or watching any of our shows? Oh, I would definitely say chase money, not mm-hmm. uh, chase excellence, not women. Okay. <laughs> I thought he was about to say FBGF. It's like, Malik, <laughs> relax, pump the brakes. Um, but this has been good. Thank you for being in, in on this today. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one of those episodes where yeah. it's like, it's like, it's Friday. We're wrapping up for the weekend. We had the great Richard Cooper on. We had Brian Callen on this week. Yeah. Justin Waller on yesterday. With a great panel. Busy week it's this like, week. It's like it took Malik 
You know, our friend Malik, who's been, what is it, has it been a year? Have you been at Value Tame in a year yet? It's about to be soon. Ooh, it's about to be. Me too. Took Malik, yeah, this is three years for me. Nice. Um, 10 years, almost 11 years of knowing Pat. It took Malik just on a random day, breaking down a set to be like, brother, what do I have to complain about? Yeah. I got my health. I'm alive. Gratitude. I got my limbs. You probably never even thought I thought twice, twice about that conversation. Oh, no, but I think about that. Exactly. Mm. Anyway, uh, guys, yes. that is it. Is there anything we need to address or can uh, I wrap up? I'll give some shout outs to the Super Chats. I know we had um, some chats today, not too many, but we did get some nice donations. So thank you all for the Super Chats. Make sure you guys like, comment, and subscribe to the channel. Um, first, this is Nat's rant right yeah, now. Yeah, this is my Let's rant. Go. Let's go. Nat get is to learning it. how to read. Hooked on phonics <laughs> work for me. She's doing it. I'm doing it. We all it. know she's got a million dollar smile, but she's learning how to read for you like guys. a million dollar entrepreneur. <laughs> yes. Let so, them know, Nat. So the first one is my favorite because there's nothing to read <laughs> it's just a donation thank you ali for the three dollars <laughs> no words how much three letter name yeah. you're my guy i love it um and then we actually do have a little bit of a hater in the chat um from andrino he said richard cooper um uh he goes a go uh, he's a little bit of a hypocrite a scam artist and the last person to get advice from um so that is one of the haters we also have he is a single mom hater from and he doesn't like coach greg adams so you brought that up and he probably just just not feeling oh that. really okay yeah um, um, but thanks for the super chats. We appreciate you. And then we got Ayo Stupid. Appreciate you. Uh, $5. Keep it up. We love it. Um, and that's it for the super chats today. We appreciate all of you guys. And thank you for giving us these chats so you can help me with my reading. Thank I you. really enjoy She's it. helping with the reading. <laughs> and I, I'm just going to put a public service announcements, PSA. I don't know where our friend Beaten Cheeks is today. Yeah, Beaten Cheeks. But Beaten Cheeks. Where are you at? And where's yeah. Happy, Beaten Cheeks? We're yeah. missing you guys in here. Yeah. Well, with that being said, it's the weekend and I got to go. Beat some cheese up. <laughs> uh, guys, thank you so much. We are doing this every Thursday and Friday. Yes. Um, if you would, if you would, what guests should we get on next? Yeah, I want to get some below. more crowd feedback. We, we get guests here. We get big we names, do. whether it's on my show, PBD show, Jed, yeah. the whole thing. Give if us there's some guests out that there, will do some challenging, you we'll know, like give us some them of those and guests. And bring them on here. Yeah. Like this is a perfect platform for people from with different perspectives to challenge yes. each other, um, and you know we want to provide that for you guys here. So give us some guests that you mm. like, guests that you don't like, people you want to see, people you've never seen, um, because we want to provide some value for you guys okay. in that way. Well, here's last but not least, only because I'm watching this and the lighting is incredible. Yes, can you put the camera on this beautiful girl real quick? Thank you, Nat. Nat, smile <laughs> and tell the people. I spent a lot of money on them. They're, they're missing. <laughs> If they don't subscribe and like the video, go ahead. Let them know what they okay, need to do. Guys, if you don't subscribe to the channel, you're not only missing the sauce, man. Okay. You're missing all the money content we got on here. You're missing PBD, value tainment in general. And let me tell you, we're just getting started when it comes to the content here. So if you're not subscribed, make sure you guys subscribe, share the video. I know nobody shares videos anymore. I don't know what that's about, mm. but we got to start sharing the video. So make sure you guys do that. Um, and look out because we uh, do have a nice, beautiful set and there are many mm. exciting things headed this way. So we will see you guys soon. And thank you guys for tuning in today. We love you and have a phenomenal weekend mm. and save that money now. Save that Let's money. Let's get some of that smoke going the wrong way. <laughs> By the way, if you're not the type of guy that likes pretty, amazing, awesome girls, good teeth. let's get a close-up <laughs> on this gorgeous black man right here. Malik. Malik. Oh, oh, he's got hey good teeth too. <laughs> let's get those smoke machines going out here. It's Friday. You can even speed on the highway. Be safe out there. Yes. Uh, 
Don't do anything I wouldn't do, which isn't a lot. Yes. But be safe. Call your mom. Tell your girl you love her or, you know, and you want to beat them cheeks, whatever. <laughs> whatever it is. Thank you guys for being with us today on another episode of the Sazcast. Uh, we appreciate you. Enjoy the weekend. We'll see you next time. We out. Love Save you. Save that money, gentlemen. Woo!